This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you in part by Progressive Insurance, where customers can save an average of over $750 when they switch and save. Visit Progressive.com to get your car insurance quote. It only takes about seven minutes. National annual average auto insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2019. Potential savings will vary. Check it out, Progressive.com. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, when it comes to losing weight, you can find plenty of complicated programs that involve long, intense workouts and strict calorie-counting diet plans. But my guest today takes an approach to fat loss that's awesomely simple and even more effective because of that fact. His name is Dan John. He's a strength coach, a competitive thrower and weightlifter, and the author of many books about health and fitness, including Fat Loss Starts on Monday. Today on the show, Dan talks about the importance of not only picking a specific number of where you want your weight to be, but enriching that goal so that it lights up multiple parts of your brain. We then discuss how and how often to measure your weight, how to deal with the setbacks as you shed the pounds, and Dan's uncomplicated approach to eating. Dan also explains why he recommends drinking hot water with lemon, practicing intermittent fasting, and working out in a fasted state. We then go over the easy strength exercise program he suggests for fat loss and why these short weightlifting sessions always are followed by a walk. And we end our conversation with how to break through a weight loss plateau by doing something called reverse rucking. After the show's over, check out our show notes at aom.is slash fatloss. All right, Dan John, welcome back to the show. Hey, well, thanks so much. I, you know, like I've told you before, I love your site. My friend Gabriel Colosimo uses your site with his students because he thinks that there's some gaps in uh, modern education, which I agree with. And man, I watched this drop some things out of teaching. It was like, okay, I, great. I get we, we're reacting, we're, but there were some things or some fundamentals that I still think we need to, to deal with. Well, well, I'm glad. Thanks so much. I'm glad that the site's been useful for you and for folks you know. I wanted to bring you back on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We had you on last year to talk about benchmarks, yeah. physical benchmarks every man should you know, strive for. wanted to bring you back because it's a new year, and I know a lot of men who are listening are setting goals. And one of the goals some of these guys are probably setting is to lose some weight this year. And a lot of these guys who are making this goal have likely had this goal in years past, but they've failed. I'm curious, in your experience as a coach and working with people trying to, with you know, body composition, body fat, losing body mm-hmm. fat, what's the thing that holds people back from losing weight? What, are, what have you seen the most common roadblocks? Well, first off, I have to take a, a shout out to both Earl Nightingale and Derek Sivers for this little tool I use. It's called, it's, it's called the two-number goal sheet. And the idea is very simple, is you find two numbers that are important to you. Now, let's just focus on, let's just focus on what you're asking. Now, I use a physical goal, which is for this year will be body weight and like a financial goal, but it can be, I mean, it could, it could be anything. I think a number helps because it's so clear cut. Like if you have this vague, if, if I was to say to you, Hey, you know, I want to lose a few pounds. That, that's just, that just floats off. Of course I can say that. I, I pushed air past my vocal cords. I didn't say anything, you know? So I have a goal this year. In fact, it's coming up. The date that it's due is going to be February 12th. I want to get down to 211 pounds, which is 96 kilos. 
So at the start of last year, I weighed 251. So it's going to be a, a 40 pound body weight loss in a year and a month. Well, why? Well, because this will be the 65th time that I have gone around the sun. Okay. And when you turn 65 as a weightlifter, you move into the 65 to 69 year old weight class and division. So, so what does 211 mean to me? It, it doesn't mean anything except it's 96 kilos and that's the class. I have to weigh under that. Okay. Good. We'll just stop with that for a second. Well, let's think about that. Am I healthier? The health is, I use Maffey Tone's definition, the optimal, you know, interplay of the human organs. Will I be healthier at 211 versus 251? Is that 40 pounds at age 65? Will that loss make me healthier? Well, I know from blood tests and, well, (laughs) blood tests and blood pressure and uh, all the other stuff, I am healthier. Right now, I weigh about 221. I am healthier at 221 than I am at 251. I have a new grandson this year, Leo. People in my family don't live very long. So will my longevity improve at 211 versus 251? Well, I can think, well, yeah, logically, I think so. I don't smoke. I wear seatbelts. I see the doctor every year. You know, I do the stuff you're supposed to do. So I think weighing 211 will help with my staying around for Leo and my other grandchildren, Danny and Josephine. Well, will I be fitter at 211 versus 251? Well, fitness is ability to do a task. So, you know, I still, everyone still asks me to move couches and refrigerators. And, but I think, I think I'll be fitter at 211. And then finally, and when it comes to performance, I think I have a better chance of being a, an American record holder, maybe a world record holder at 96 kilos versus heavier than that. And then the final thing, and you can take this however you want to take it. Art Devaney a few years ago said that vanity after a certain years is a great reason to work out. Now, vanity comes from the old Latin, you know, means empty. But actually, at my age, 65, Vanity's probably not a bad fifth reason to do something. Please listen to what I tried to say then. It's not just stepping on a scale and weighing 211, which is great. But there's meat behind that goal for me. There's my grandchildren showed up in this conversation. My overall health showed up. My weightlifting showed up. I, I look better. To me, that's what you need when you look at a fitness goal. You, it needs to have Brett, it needs to have, it, it has to be full. It has to be ripe. It has to be rich. It has to be rich. Juicy, juicy rich. Yeah, 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 you're with me. Yeah. It, 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 you know, if you're going to have a dessert, you say like you're trying to lose weight and someone says, do you want a bowl of vanilla ice cream? Well, okay, that's a lot better than a, you know, I don't know, something, you know, here, would you like a mint? Okay, nah, nah, I'm on a diet. Bowl of vanilla ice cream? Nah. I spent, this is my grandmother's recipe. I spent six weeks putting this together and I'm just going to light the match and flame it off. And would you like some of that dessert? Well, yeah, that's, uh, do you see how that, that's yeah, a yeah. little bit richer mm-hmm. of a story than <laughs> a bowl of vanilla. So for me, I think what happens with most people's goals 
it, Brett, is that they have very vanilla goals. They have these vague numbers out there. They have this here. Yeah. I want to lose a few pounds. You know, I'd like to spend more time with my kid, our kids. I'd like to, you know, do you see how blah that all was? Right. But when I talk about stepping on the scale at the weightlifting meet under 211 pounds, under 96 K and then stepping on the platform, not long after that and snatching and cleaning jerking, that just, that just kind of makes me excited. And that's, I think the key. Okay, so yeah, a lot of people just give up on their goals because there's really nothing there to it. You know, if it's just a number, that's not going to be too motivating. Yeah, you need to have every goal you set has to enrich kind of several areas of your life. It has to light up your brain in different places. You know, I got to tell you, you know, if if I was a performer, one of the things I would try to do is, for example, maybe sprinkle the audience. Uh, <laughs> this time of year, I put those cinnamon pine cones in front of a, I have this electric fan heater in the house. And I like to put those cinnamon pine cones downstream of the heater blower, you know? So it makes the whole house smell like cinnamon. And if I was a performer, I would always be blowing cinnamon into my audience, you know? Besides just me being on stage with my guitar singing, you know, love ballads from the 1950s, I would try to have something else going on. I would try to enlighten, light up every sense I can, light up every part of the brain that I could. Well, I feel the same way about goal setting. You got to make it, you got to be able to taste it, smell it, see it, hear it. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And so when you're measuring this, so you set this goal, you want to lose body fat, the scale is going to play a role, but do you have any other ways you measure fat loss that you like to use? Yeah. Right here on my desk, as I'm sitting here, I have two things called tape measures. I suggest you measure, now it's difficult because your waistline, anybody's ever measured their waistline will tell you, your waistline, not the measurement, but where you put your (laughs) tape changes a little bit every day. I think measuring your waistline every day is a really good little thing. And And the other thing I'd recommend, Brett, is this, use a centimeter ruler. And the reason is, if you go from 39 and 15 sixteenths down to 39 and, I don't know, (laughs) three eighths. That doesn't mean much. But if you go from 104 centimeters to 99, that just, we humans, for whatever reason, that's like, wow, that's a big change. And if you can go, so I'm a big fan of of measuring your waistline in centimeters. Gotcha. All right. So measuring, we're going to use a scale. We're going to use measuring tape. I like myotape. That's the one that I use. It's like five bucks on Amazon. Really easy to use. And if Brad, if I can add one more, we used to call them uh, movement buddies or bragging buddies. If you have somebody in your life that you can trust, I would move outside of people in your home, but somebody that'll give you feedback on how you look and how you're doing a bragging buddy, someone you could talk to on a weekly basis. These are the good things going on in my life. And it's it's more than a therapist. It's, in fact, in the old Irish, the word is anam cora. Isn't that a beautiful word? Soul friend. Someone you can just say, who will look at you and say, 
you look good. You, you, you look happy, you know, and be, Oh, thank you so much. And the, the thing about a soul friend is you both, you have to listen to each other, which is a difficult thing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, how frequently do you recommend people measuring themselves for the, when they're gauging their fat loss? Well, you know, guys like Clarence Bass say every day you should weigh in and do the, the, uh, the tape measure. If you already keep a journal, if you already uh, have a notebook that you keep the information in, I would say daily. If you're new to it, maybe you might want to have a, an event, you know, like, and boy, some people disagree with me here, but the Monday morning weigh in, you know, every Monday morning you make, well, if you don't have to, it could be Saturday, it doesn't matter. But one day a week you pick to do the weigh in and the measurement and sort of make it a big deal to yourself. Gotcha. I, I perfectly, I like the once a week. I do mine on Friday morning. Okay. Because I feel like the, the Monday morning, the problem I've had there is that I'll have like a big Sunday night dinner at my in-laws place. Mm-hmm. And that just throws mm-hmm. everything off because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bloated. I'm retaining water because I, you know, some <laughs> rolls and some cheesecake or whatever. And so I'm just going to be heavier. I'm going to look heavier. I'm going to weigh heavier. But then like the next day, if I weighed myself on Tuesday, I'd be back to normal. So I, I, that, I timed my weigh-ins on when I think like, this is like a normal day. It's not like right after I had a big meal. And that seemed to work for me. Yeah. And if, you know, if, if you are someone who lifts weights three days a week, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, if you want to do something like that, where you have just a day where it's quiet and you, so your workout for that day would be the weigh-in and the tape measure. Okay, uh, let's talk about this. What's a, like a reasonable fat loss goal for people? Like, so you, you've lost f- almost 40 pounds in 13 months, mm-hmm. 14 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a lot of people, what do you think is a, a reasonable goal? If there's someone who's losing, who needs to lose 25 to 50 pounds, how long should they expect that to take? Uh, see, boy, here we run into it, don't we? I mean, seriously, this is where we run into it. When I work with people, one of the things that comes up a lot, Brett, is that it took the person 40 years to put this weight on, but they want to lose that weight in two weeks. And this is not like reasonable. When I'm in Europe, most of the people that I trust will tell me about a kilo a month, which is only 2.2 pounds. That's only half a pound a week. And that's not very noticeable. And most people, if I put you on a, a weight loss program, a fat loss program, and you lost two pounds a month, I got to tell you, next New Year's, it's going to be very noticeable for you. But what happens is, is people don't want that. When I, when I, my first month now with a fat loss client, and I, I, and kind of insist on being paid up front is the first month is that the first month (laughs) you have to drink two glasses of water a day and that's it. And of course I become your accountability buddy. And at nine o'clock or eight o'clock, whatever time I call you up. And the joke is always this. I call you up and the phone goes ring, 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 because that's when you're drinking that second glass of water. And month two, we just find a parking space that's as far away from your office or whatever that we can find. And I tell everybody that you work with, if you're not, if you, if you don't park there, you're to call me and I'm going to fire you as a client. Now, people say, no, that makes no sense. No, no, it does. Because one of the things we need to establish first in a fat loss protocol is building up 
the practice of habits. And I'm a, I really like the work of B.J. Fogg. So the letter B, the letter J, F-O-G-G. He's a Stanford psychologist and he believes in something called tiny habits. So you actually make, when you're trying to do a life change, you don't say, I'm going to, this year I'm going to lose 100 pounds. I'm going to get a doctorate in two different fields and I'm going to fly to the moon. No, you say, I'm going to floss one tooth every day for the first month. Well, one tooth. Well, that's, that's actually a standard start because it's so small and so believable. That, I mean, there's more to it than this, this, that you start to have this, this, the snowball effect. This little habit builds to a bigger one, to a bigger one, to a bigger one. My best client I've ever had. We did the one year thing and the first month was the glass of water thing. At the end, now this is, this is unusual. This is off the charts. At the end of the year, he had lost 100 pounds of body weight and ran a half marathon. 100 pounds. Let me say that again. He lost 100 pounds in a year. But what happened was, was once he got the momentum of the habits, everything just started to come into play. And he was shocked at, he began to look at some of the things he was doing in his life and it was like, there were just so many obvious things for him. But once he got into the habit of doing things, he really started getting momentum. To me, fat loss is just like an athletic career. Maybe you're going in different directions, but once you get the momentum, things just start to almost appear to you. Like if, if I was to train you as Brett, as a discus thrower, you might say, I've never even heard of what the discus is, but all of a sudden, You'll be online and all of a sudden these things will just, you'll be open a book and you'll see a discus thrower in there. For example, when I read the Odyssey, Ulysses is a discus thrower. There's a very famous story in the Odyssey where he wins the discus competition. Well, I see that because I'm a discus thrower. So when you're trying to lose fat and you start to get those habits, the snowball begins to grow. All of a sudden you see these little things in your life that you used to do. Remember, You are the sum of your habits as you sit in this chair as we speak. What you look like, what you have as income, what you have as in your social and your family life, it's all the accumulation of the habits you've had since really you started having your own free will, basically when you started walking for yourself. Okay, so it sounds like rather than just you know, focusing on the number you want to get to, just focus on the process, you know, focus on those habits. And as you do that, things are going to start to gel. You know, things are going to start to click for you. Yeah. Well, see, one of my habits is to weigh in every day. But I don't even, I don't even think about it like that anymore, to be honest with you. I, I don't think about it as, <laughs> isn't that interesting? So I, I, weigh, I do the waistline every day now, and I do the weigh-in every day. But I didn't for a long time. But once I started seeing that body weight accelerate down, boy, I got to tell you, from 251 to 231, it wasn't very exciting. But when I got to 224, which is the 102 kilo weight class, and I lifted in three meets as 102, four meets. And then all of a sudden, I was down to 218. It was like, man, let's just drop down to 211. And I started weighing in every day because it was kind of exciting. So you've had you've had some you know serious momentum this year with your own fat loss. Have did you ever meet any like plateaus or roadblocks along the way where you're like, ah man, it's not budging yeah. anymore? 
Yeah, here in Utah, it's called the winter. Winter. <laughs> Winter's tough. You know, uh, all of a sudden, you just... Uh, <laughs> last night at 11 o'clock, I was, I was shoveling. And this morning at 6 o'clock, I was shoveling. And when I went outside to work out at 9.30 today, I didn't want to go back out in the cold. And I just wanted to... I really just wanted to put a blanket on and, you know, eat something that would make me happy. And, you know, yeah. So, yeah. So, so the, big, the big roadblocks for me tend to be winter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, the same roadblocks all of us have. I don't know how much of your audience is American, but basically, once bowl season comes around, I tend to sit around a lot and watch college football. And while I'm sitting around, my choices for <laughs> my choices for beverages go south. My choices for, you know, all of a sudden I find myself eating. The other day I was eating pretzels. What? And I kind of just caught myself like, why am I eating pretzels? You know, I just, it's not a food I eat. And yet I was eating it. And I think, I hope you're following along here, Brett, because we all have the same ebbs and flows. What's nice about where I'm at now is the next day I, I actually spent some time. We're only doing audio here, but right now I'm picking up this little, it's a little notebook I have. It's called, uh, Memo book, 60 sheets, and every day I write in a few ideas about how I can get my body weight down to 211. Well, after this college football bowl game incident, I decided that next week I'm going to start doing, I'm going to do once again, Rusty Morris fat loss boost. I've done it uh, once before. It's just two weeks, but basically it's chicken and vegetables every day. That's what you eat for two weeks. Now, I eat vegetable soups. I eat big salads. I This isn't for everybody, but I decided that because I really want to weigh 211 at this weightlifting me, that when we get back from the Rose Bowl, I am going to you know take care of business in two weeks. What's nice is that it's almost, it'll be what? Almost a full month after the pretzel incident. Okay, I hope you're following here. I gave myself permission to make a mistake, and then I came up with a plan. And I think that's important. You can't just say, oh, I'm eating pretzels and drinking this thing I shouldn't be drinking. Oh, forget it. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to wait until the next decade to get in shape. You know, address the issue, look at it, come up with a positive plan, and reboot. Okay. All right. So yeah, I like that. So first thing, make your goals rich, measure yourself Mm -hmm. daily or weekly. And then if you have set, like plan for setbacks, there's probably going to be setbacks along the way because we're human beings. No, there are setbacks. Yeah, there are setbacks. There's weddings, there's anniversaries, there's birthdays, there's, there's all kinds of things. Here's one interesting thing I have noticed though. I started telling people, so some of the people I work with go to these all-inclusive vacations now. And one of the things I tell them now is, Here's the weirdest thing. Most people come back from all-inclusive vacations lighter. When they step on the scale after an all-inclusive vacation, they're lighter. And they'll look at me like I'm crazy. No. First off, you sleep more finely. You play on the beach. Great. When you go to the buffet and it's all you can eat, for whatever reason, people, when they're given all you can eat, they relax, they they de-stress, and they come back lighter. So even when you decide sometimes, if you actively decide, I'm going to go on this vacation 
I'm going to go on this vacation in June and I'm going to have a great time and I'm not going to worry about my body weight. Very often, people come back lighter on the scale. So I think we humans have to just acknowledge that there are times to plant and times to uh, sow. There's time. You know, there's a time for everything under the sun. And I think the mistake is, is just saying, I am overweight. I'm going to exercise and not eat. That's just not a good plan. Okay. So you've got, let's talk about like the, the how of how to lose mm, fat. Sure. You've got this really surprisingly simple outline for fat loss that you've based on your yeah. easy strength program. And we'll talk about each of the components of your approach, but it all starts with food. You co-authored a book with Josh Hillis and you guys yeah. suggest that when it comes to food, people should focus on three things, quantity, quality, and ratio. Can you walk us through those three components? We'll make it even simpler for you. This is what I was told at the Olympic Training Center by the, uh, the dietitian. I don't know what the big deal is. Eat protein, eat veggies, drink water. And I remember looking at her going, I'm in the wrong career field, man. But it, it comes down to, honestly, my good friend, Pat Flynn, he talks about this first. If you focus on getting enough protein in your diet, I'm going to up my protein. Because protein has this ability to make you feel full, all the other things seem to work themselves out. I, I like that kind of approach. My personal approach is I try to eat eight different vegetables every day. This is my personal approach. And what you need to do is just have, I worry about, because this is more Josh's field and I'm just a, you know, I'm just, I just kneel at his feet. But I think the key is this, pick something like Pat says, I'm going to make sure I get my protein every day. Pat's a big believer in starting the day with a protein shake. I believe in fasting until I work out. We're not disagreeing. It's, it's, it's not an either or, it's a both and. For me, if I, because I, it's easy for me to get my protein in. It's always been easy because I grew up in the 60s with Strength and Health magazine and protein was like a god, okay? But for me, the vegetables has always been the issue. So for me, by focusing on getting the vegetables in, I take care of the protein just naturally and drink a lot of water. So when it comes to things like quantity, if you have vegetable soup and a big salad at every meal and a protein source, after you have that big bowl of the vegetable soup that I have, big bowl is 120 calories. The salad that I make probably is negative calories. I don't, I don't, I, I really, and then there's this, this protein. After you eat that, then feel free to anything, eat anything else to fill you up because here's the thing. You're satiated. You're full. Anything you eat after that is something you want to do to make your taste buds happy and make that, you know, that infant part of your brain happy. When it comes to quality, you know, I, I used to make this joke about this diet I had invented where you had to eat every day two pounds of salmon, a dozen eggs, a container of cottage cheese, a carton of blueberries. It was, it was a list that they had in Men's Health magazine. And I said, after you eat all that, feel free to eat anything else you want. Well, of course, if you can push down two pounds of salmon and 12 eggs every day, you're not going to be very hungry. So that's where the quality side of things comes in. You probably can eat a lot more fried chicken than you, than you can baked salmon. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Or even like you can eat more potato chips than you can just like 
a baked potato. You can eat more calories and potato chips easily than you could baked potatoes, right? Right. To me, those are the cliche time. Those are the big rocks of nutrition in my world. If you're not used to eating a lot of protein, focus on protein sources. If you're like me and you struggle on the vegetable side, get your vegetables in. And really, I don't even know why we even talk about this anymore, but you know, drink water. And I'm fine with any, any calorie free drink you, you decide to do. Somebody not long ago said something to me because I, when I go out, I tend to drink diet sodas and they said, aren't they bad for you? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, yeah. Really? It's the diet soda. It's the, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, on a Friday night, I'm having a diet soda. Yeah. That's the problem in this with my body is that. Yeah. So stop. We, we've got to draw the line sometimes someplace. Everything's bad for you. It's going to make a very difficult for you to move ahead on your fitness and longevity goals. We're going to take a quick break for your words from our sponsors. Peloton is pushing you further with so much new on the Peloton bike and the Peloton bike plus new classes, new music, new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. Peloton is stepping into the ring with its newest discipline, boxing, and no gloves are needed. Discover a fast, furious, and fun workout with Peloton instructors in your corner. Even if you've never boxed before, these classes will have you working up a sweat while working on the fundamentals of form, footwork, and fun combos that'll keep you on your toes. Plus, Peloton is adding fun new artist series classes. Work out the music of a single artist for an entire class from your favorite hits to the deep cuts. Peloton has a workout for every goal, day, and mood. Stay motivated while having fun with bike workouts, yoga, meditation, dance, cardio, and more. I've used the Peloton Bike Plus. It's a cool thing. My favorite workouts are the ones where they combine the biking with the boot camp style stuff. So you're doing, getting off, doing some dumbbell work. A lot of fun. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. OnePeloton.com. Check it out today. Are you ready to establish your online presence but not sure where to start? look no further than Squarespace. Squarespace empowers the dreamers, makers, and doers of the world by providing the tools they need to bring their creative ideas to life. On Squarespace's dynamic all-in-one platform, you can build a website, claim a domain, sell online, and market your brand. Squarespace's products combine cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your online presence. If you're intimidated by the idea of launching your ideas in the world, Squarespace's templates take out all the guesswork and make it seamless. And once you're out there, you can use Squarespace's analytics to gain powerful insights about your site. And if you ever have questions, Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support is there to help you. I've used Squarespace over the years for one-off projects when I need to get a website up fast. Super easy, got it done in like 10 minutes. It's time to turn your dreams into reality. Head to squarespace.com manliness for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code manliness to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com manliness and code manliness to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And now back to the show. Well, so for those who are just starting out, you know, for you, you've been doing this for how many, 40 odd years, 50 years, maybe? I've been lifting weights since 1965. Okay. So you, you have a good idea of like, okay, this is, this has this amount of proteins, probably gets, I'm getting my proteins. Yeah. For those who are just starting yeah. out, uh, would, it, would it be useful to measure things out and kind of look at a, like a yeah. buddy, fitness buddy or whatever, fitness pal? Oh, that would be really good if you have, if you have the ability to do that and keep doing it. That's money. For most of us, we just use the, the I'm, I'm looking at the palm of my hand. Make sure you have a palm sized protein at every meal. And then I would say, and then make it the most, everything else on the plate is as colorful as can be. As many vegetables as appropriate. 
One thing I have been trying, a friend of mine mentioned this, is eat fruit separately. And so now my snack is an apple. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not a lunatic, gentle listener. I'm just saying that this one person said to me, make fruit your snacks. And I don't really snack very often. I'm, I basically eat about two meals a day. But if I do snack, I try to snack on fruit. Uh, so you eat two meals a day. How much protein do you think you're getting those two meals? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like, I think yeah. what's the measurement they give you? It's like one, I mean, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So if you're, I mean, if you, I mean, or you can just round it up to like one gram. So, I mean, if you're a 200 pound male, you're looking at, you know, close to 200 grams per like, Yeah. Yeah. 90. We, I like the gram to kilos. So if you're a 200 pound male, you're basically 90 kilos, 91. So that's 90 grams a day. The protein shakes that I buy at the store here called, they're 30 grams of protein per container. And oh, okay. So here's another snack I do. I take the cereal called Fiber One and I put it in a bowl. And then I take that, I think it's called, I don't know the brand name, but it's 30 grams of protein. And I pour the protein as milk. Mm, Yeah, I've done that. And that's a nice little snack. And the reason I'll eat something like that is if I'm trying to, push hunger off until say like dinner tonight's at seven. I ate brunch at 11 and dinner's at seven, maybe at three or four, I'll eat that fiber one protein drink meal and the amount of fiber and the protein halts it. It, it. it is strange to talk to people about protein because some people are like, how do you get enough protein in your, in your diet? And I'll look at them like, how do you not? And then I'll look at what they eat on a typical day. They'll start their day with orange juice two pieces of toast, a bagel, and then it, and I'm always hungry. Well, yeah, you're hungry because you haven't eaten any protein and you haven't had any. And the problem with toast and bagels and stuff like that is your body really processes them quickly. The glycemic index on them is really high. So you're always kind of in a starvation mode. You know, if you like Pat Flynn's approach of starting your day with 30 grams of protein, some people tell me, yeah, I weirdly get hungrier starting the day with a protein drink. And my thought is, well, you know, why don't you eat, just eat then three eggs is, you know, about the same, four eggs, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, it to me, I have a hard time believing you can't get enough protein in your diet until I talk to people about what they eat. And then it makes more sense. Okay. It sounds like what's interesting here is like, you're not overthinking this stuff too much, at least the, the nutrition part, just like get protein no. and then vegetables. And yeah. that's it. Like, if you're doing that, you're probably doing good. <laughs> well, that's what she told me at the Olympic Training Center. Eat protein and vegetables, drink water. And then the great line, I don't know why people make it such a big deal. So on this drinking water, you had this bit I read somewhere. Yeah, you encourage people to drink warm water. <gasps> What's going on now, there? Okay. This is, <laughs> cause it sounds like, okay. well, this sounds like, I don't know. Okay. Dan. Okay, voodoo alert. Okay, yeah. uh, gentle listener. All right, but it's hot water. And okay, hot water. Years ago, I was at dinner with uh, Pavel. You know, Pavel, the kettlebell guy. Yeah, yeah. Satsuling. Yeah. So we're sitting around, and this the, we'd we'd had dinner before, and and he in after dinner, he orders the two of us hot water with lemon, and he kind of elbows me and says, "It's proved to help your digestion." So. After this big dinner, and trust me, when you go out with kettlebell people, your dinner is going to be meat. Okay, it's going to be meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Like, you know, so I'm sitting there drinking this hot water with lemon, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. A couple of years later, my daughter Kelly is telling me about the benefits of drinking hot water. Well, then I had a friend say, well, that's just basic Ayurvedic medicine. So I went out and I purchased <laughs> as much as like Ayurvedic medicine is the traditional medicine of India. And I read the work of John Dooliard. He's over at Life Spa in Denver. And he recommends for fat loss, drinking hot water with lemon. Now, Pavel says it's good for your digestion. Kelly tells me it's good for fat loss. And by, you know, here it is. This other person says, and so I started doing it in the afternoons. I have a hot pot and then I have those bottles of concentrated lemon juice, you know? Yeah. And I, and I add it. So as I'm working, I drink it. Here's what I like best. And here's what my daughter Kelly t- told me too. My daughter Kelly is my DNA. She, I mean, she's, she is me. And we both have this condition. Are you ready, Brett? <clears throat> that condition there which is so annoying i'm the person at the movie going once i started drinking hot water with lemon it stopped and someone said well that's just because it clears out your mucus and i'm like hey man as long as i'm not making noise at the movie i'm happy with that too so okay whether or not it actually clears out mucus i don't know whether or not that assists with fat loss I think it might. It It is a bit of a diuretic, of I, as I've noticed. My joke is I drink one cup and pee two. But it does seem to do something, and it could be as simple as this. While I'm drinking hot water, I am satisfying my taste buds, my throat, my tummy, and I'm sticking something in my mouth that isn't caloric and isn't adding to my body fat density or and and then finally let's go to the because you always have to go to the extreme it's a magical substance that goes into your fat cells and eats them (laughs) it's always a possibility now i tried it the other i was like after i read that i was like i'm gonna try this and i'll I'll, something i noticed like when i was drinking i got pretty sweaty like i was getting hot yeah me too just from drinking hot water which was interesting but I, i liked it it was a way to drink liquids that was different from just drinking lukewarm tap water. Yeah. And it uh, it was enjoyable. And it, at, at least it's, it's helping you get more water, which is essential for health. If all it is, is that, okay, for me, I stopped doing the <clears throat> nonsense. It stops it. Maybe it does. Maybe it hydrates us up. Maybe it raises that basal metabolism up a few drops, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, makes the body have to work a little harder to cool that stuff down. Like, I don't know, you know, and now I'm just spitballing. Nice. <laughs> or maybe, which is the only correct answer, is that the hot water and the lemon go out and actively kill fat cells, like, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like Luke Skywalker and Death Stars, okay? There you go, it targets it. Uh, it's targeted. Yes, it's, it's got. That's the only logical. That's answer. the only logical answer. Occam's razor. But have, have, yeah, yeah. Having said it, though, and this is so hard to to say this without kind of going without shaking my head, which I'm doing. It seems to really work for me. Yeah. And okay. by the way, gentle listener, how much do I make on telling you to drink hot water with a little a little hint of lemon in it? I, I don't make a nickel. Yeah. It's yeah. like me telling you to sleep more, drink. You know, Sleep more, drink hot water. You know, I'm not going to make a billion dollars on this. Yeah. So I guess like, give it a shot. It might might work yeah. for you. 
so like we've talked about the the nutrition component and it's mm-hmm. pretty easy. Nothing to, you don't have to think too hard about it. No. You mentioned you're a big fan of intermittent fasting for fat loss. That's your way to go. Why is that? Why do you think that's working for you? Well, I'm not proud of what I'm about to say, but I got to the point as an athlete that if I didn't, if I wasn't shoveling something down my throat every hour, I felt like I was getting behind the Russians. Okay. I did. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I just, but, and I never really learned to discern the difference between craving mild hunger and starving. And what I learned, and it's, there's nothing new to it. Every, every faith tradition has fasting as part of it. Everyone, every single faith tradition has it. One day I just kind of, I was listening to all these people talking about this stuff and I'm like, and, and I started to fast and I realized what a gap there was. Now, I'm not bragging, Brett, but I, I have tremendous self-discipline, except when it came to fasting. And what I did is I realized this team of horses that was food was just pulling me around. And I had to tame that a little bit. So for me personally, intermittent fasting did first taught me to deal with what hunger is versus starvation. Okay, that's just me. And then I started noticing something is in those periods where I'm not constantly shoveling food down, it gave my body a chance to digest. I'm a big believer in the gut biome stuff too, you know, having a healthy colony inside the flora and fauna inside of your 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 gut. By not constantly shoveling things down there, they had to be a lot more, I, I enhance them. Fasting enhances the gut biome. And I also began to notice that if I could fast, and so I, I just, I don't just react to food anymore. So I have this, a better skill set to go, Dan, do you want, um, do you want some banana bread? Well, no, let me do this first. Let me, let me get, uh, some, you know, and whatever. Uh, I'm going to eat some kimchi with, a, a, you know, I'm going to have a little salad, a piece of chicken and some kimchi. And then when the, then they say, do you want some banana bread? I made it myself. I'll look over and go, you made this yourself and I'll have a reasonable piece of it. Enjoy it, smile and be done with it. It's given me control over my food. The other thing, now, I was at a workshop one time, and this person who said something I didn't agree with said that fasting cardio has no value at all. And I thought, I think you're missing the point. They were thinking of the body as a machine, which is fine because parts of our body is machine. It's We are machines in certain places. But I think they missed the point that when you're doing something like fasted cardio, like in my case, fasted workouts, I can work out really hard in the morning now because I'm not also digesting breakfast because I, I don't eat until I've got my work and my workout in. So Pavel said one time that what he likes so much about intermittent fasting is how it made you like a hunter. Okay. There's a word in hawking, yarrick, Y-A-R, A-K. And it's that eyes that a raptor has when it's looking for food. When I'm, when I'm fasting and I've got to write something, my eye, I mean, I am glued to the screen. 
when I'm fasting and I go work out, like today it was cold and I hadn't had any food and I was shivering and I, I was doing my workout. And man, like even right now, as I'm explaining to you, Brett, my eyes are like all filled. Like, let's go take care. Let's go fight this, you know, war. And yeah. And so that, that's why I like it so much. I like what it does, my ability to deal with food first. I like what it does for my work as an author. And then I really like what it does for my focus in my workouts. And if intermittent fasting is something you want to do, there's different protocols. I mean, there's different ways to do it. You could certainly, I mean, you could, you know, you could do something as simple as fast modified diets. That's Walter Longo's work where once a month you take a three or four day period and eat 800 calories a day. You could do the five, two where two days a week you fast. Another great one, one day a week, you eat dinner and then you don't eat until the next dinner. You know, that's pretty simple, right? Anything you can do to kind of get control of your, don't take this wrong and I'm not against capitalism, but every time I turn the television set, they are selling me, you know, I was just watching, I don't mention the brand, but it's this this fried, greasy chicken sandwich. And it's and it's mouth-watering or something like that, they said. Well, I watch that, and I'll be like, I can now turn off mentally that commercial. My skill, because I fast, I'm, I built up the muscle of turning off uh, instant gratification. And there's a few listeners who are probably going, oh, I think I know what he means. You know, you'd be able to slow things down when it comes to shoveling things down your throat. What's your protocol right now? Do you, how long do you fast? When do you break, when do you break your fast? Yeah. So I basically almost always eat between five and six o'clock at night at dinner. I get up at about uh, most days, five or six in the morning. I meditate for 15 minutes. That's the first thing. And then I go online and I do all my emails. I write whatever I have to write. At about nine o'clock, I get ready to work out. At 9.30, all these people come over to train with me. We work out till about 10.30, and basically about 11, I eat. So, well, I don't know. What is that? Uh, that's sneaking up on 18 hours, I guess. Yeah, okay. But for me, working out in a fasted state is, uh, to, to use the phrase, money. Money. It's money, baby. Money. So talk about the exercise program you recommend for fat loss. It's easy strength. Yeah. Give us a big picture overview of the exercise we're focusing on here and like how many times we're training sure. a week, et cetera. Okay, but there's the there's the million dollar thing at the end of it, okay? So sure. if you can, in your perfect world, if you want to if, if you want to do the Dan John method of easy fat loss, uh, if you can come into your workout fasted. That's well, of course, technically, if you're not shoveling food down your throat right now, you're fasting. I mean, technically, but the idea is this. All you're trying to do is, and this comes from Rusty Moore, is get yourself to free up some free fatty acids. The easiest way I know is easy strength. So basically, we're going to do a vertical press, an overhead press, dumbbell press, kettlebell press, barbell press, uh, maybe three sets of three, some kind of vertical pull that can be lat pull-downs, chin-ups, pull-ups. Get about a total, if it's chin-ups or pull-ups, maybe two sets of five, if you can do that, three sets of three, or lat pull-downs, you might have to do more. Some kind of hinge movement. I love the deadlift family. Uh, 
I love next the ab wheel. The ab wheel is one of the most underrated pieces of equipment in the world. One set of 10 is all you need because with this program, you're going to do it three to five times a week. Okay. So one set of 10 daily is pretty good. If you know how to kettlebell swing, great. If not, whatever it takes. But if you're going to do kettlebell swings, it'd be about five sets of 15. You're just trying to get your heart rate up a little, but here's the key. So overhead press, three sets of three. Pull-ups, three sets of three. Three sets of three in the deadlift, one set of 10 in the ab wheel. Go out the door and walk for 30 to 45 minutes. As you're walking, your body's just released a whole bunch of stuff. Your heart rate's elevated. Once you start walking, your body now has a chance, according to Rusty Moore, and I think he's right because it's worked so simply for me, is now you freed up the free fatty acids, and now as you walk, your body is like a Pac-Man, eating those free fatty acids. Here's the thing. Again, it's like drinking the hot water, man. Is it 100% true? I don't know, but it works. So this short workout, we're looking at 10 to 15 minutes in the, in, of a workout, and then the, the half hour, 45 minute walk has just been the most illuminating change in my career. And again, like the, the nutrition stuff, this is really easy. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people think they got to spend an hour in the gym. Here it's 15 minutes. You don't even need a gym. You just need a kettlebell and a pull-up bar. And yeah. You'll be- A dumbbell. Yeah, dumbbell, and you're, you're set. And and if you can't find a place to do pull-ups, just do rows or something like that. Yeah, just and, and no matter what, no matter what I say, of course, people are gonna throw up, you know, uh, what about I don't have this? I don't okay. You can make this work. I mean, you can do calisthenics, but the idea, get those calisthenics in, don't kill yourself, and then go for the walk. And yes, it is easy. And I think that's why it works so well. I honestly think that most people put themselves in such a state of not just physical exhaustion, but even like, you know, when people think about losing fat, very often they go to the seven deadly sins and they think it's sloth or sloth and gluttony. And so I'm going to counter that by eating rabbit food and making myself a physical wreck. And the problem is all that does is hurt your joints makes you lose lean body mass. You'll lose lean body mass, but keep the fat because you're freaking your body out. What I'm trying to do with the easy strength for fat loss protocol is coax your body and say, hey, things are fine. Things are, yeah, we fasted, we had a workout, but now we have a nice meal. Here's some protein. Here's some vegetables. See, things are fine. And the body looks up to me and says, oh, thank you for being so kind. Let's drop some of those fat cells, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. And then we we send Luke Skywalker in with that hot water with lemon and shoot. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so yeah, you're not putting on a hair shirt to lose weight. No, and you're not beating yourself. And here's the funny thing is that this is an a thing that we've lost in my in the fitness industry is nudging yourself into fat loss. Could you imagine I always use, when I talk about weightlifting, I always use the idea of learning how to type. Could you imagine if you had someone standing next to you as you were learning to type, screaming in your ear, it's all you. You're, you know, hit that A, hit that A. You know, with your pinky, hit that A. Come on, man, go, go, go. What would you, what would it look like on the screen if someone was screaming at you where the letters were? It would look terrible. 
So how you learn how to type is you go in every day and you type and you make a mistake, you correct it, you make a mistake, you correct it. Pretty soon there's less mistakes, pretty soon you flow. And one day you end up like where I'm basically at now, where I can type almost as fast as I can think. And it's not ever because anyone's ever slapped my face or, you know, made me drink an energy drink before I went typing. I just nudged myself daily for a long time to become a better and better and better typer. So if you nudge yourself, if you fast and then you do this gentle, uh, d- this workout, you push it. There's nothing wrong with going heavy and getting those, those loads up. And then you go for a walk. And then you come home and you have protein veggies and you drink some water. And then later on, you have more protein, more veggies and drink some water. Maybe later on you, that day, you have more protein, more veggies and drink some water. Your body is not going to go into this. Oh no. And if someone does offer you some kind of uh, delightful delight that they worked hard on doing, enjoy it. Just don't go to the machine and throw some cash in or use your card and get some, you know, 500 calorie candy bar. You know, pick and choose, being an adult. I want to talk more about this walking. You're a big proponent of walking. So you're going to do your 15-minute workout in the gym, and then you're going to go for a 30 to 45-minute walk. Mm -hmm. But you've also thrown in some ways you can make the walk a a bit more strenuous. You have this idea of reverse rucking. Uh, What's that? Okay, reverse rucking. Okay, yeah, you read read my work. Uh, You read my work. Uh, That's a great line from the movie Patton. Yeah, it's something I came up with a couple of years ago. So I'd had a lot of success with some clients who were in the mid 300s, uh, body weight working with me. And honestly, all I tried to do, well, it would be the simple thing. You know, first we'd start off with the two glasses of water and then, you know, but once we got them walking, you know, like the one client I had, he weighed 350 and boy, within, I mean, it seemed like a blink of an eye. He was down to 320. And I'm thinking, man, I'm good, you know? And then he got to about 290 and everything stalled. And then I had noticed that this had happened to somebody else years ago. And then it kind of hit me. If you go for a 20-minute a walk weighing 350, you are doing a loaded carry. And your body is getting hit hard. But here's the problem. is As you lose weight, okay, as you get lighter and lighter, you become the curse of what fat loss exercise is all about. Fat loss is exercise is about being as inefficient as you can be. So if you're an outstanding dancer and we take a dance class together, I'm going to be dying next to you while you just go step ball change, step ball change. So as this person went walking at 350, 340, 335, that added load of their own body mass made walking very inefficient. Once they slid to about 290, they began to become more and more efficient as a walker. So what we began to do then was add a very simple, uh, a school backpack is just fine. And at first, it doesn't have to be very much weight. You can throw in a a single five-pound weight or a a single 10-pound weight. Now, you got to be careful here because most people are going to overdo what I'm about to say. And as they drop now to 280, maybe you want to increase that to 15 pounds, 270, 260, maybe go get up to about 30. Once you get around 30 to 35 pounds, 15 kilos, there is not a lot of value in adding weight to the backpack anymore. Now, you're going to get people on your show who are uh, military and they'll say, well, I carried a you know 5,000 pound backpack. Okay, good for you. But for fat loss, 
when you get to around 30 pounds, you kind of peak out with the, with the ruck or the backpacking. So it's called reverse rucking because you're adding weight as the person. So I'm making an X with my hand. You add weight as the body mass goes down. Once you get to a certain weight, then I would put on ankle weights. Ankle weights are great for anybody with all kinds of issues. The ankle weight makes you improve your gait without even thinking about it. And then after, and I wouldn't go much over five pound ankle weights. And then I like to put heavy hands, weights in the hands. And I've discovered that honestly, three pounds per hand, you get those little dumbbells at Ross Dress for Less that weigh three pounds. Those are perfect for walking. They are pink, but they're still perfect for walking. So now you always tell one of my clients, because you see him walking down the street with a backpack, with a plate in the back, with bright green ankle weights and pink uh, heavy hands. So I tell you, you know, you got a Dan John person right there. Yeah, that's a Dan John. So yeah, the goal here, you're just trying to make the walk a little bit more efficient so that you can burn more calories. Exactly, exactly. And here's the thing. You're still about that 30 to 45 minute range. The problem we have when you work with building into running, and you can, this isn't my phrase, but it's called the fat jogger syndrome, where the person runs more and more and more and becomes increasingly fatter as they run. It's not universal, but it does happen with some people because they become very efficient at running and they start doing what the runners call garbage miles. I'm a former track coach, so I can use the phrase. It's just called garbage miles where you just get out there and it doesn't really help for body composition. Well, Dan, this has been a great conversation. I mean, we talked about a lot and it's pretty simple. I mean, recap, make sure your goals are rich, that your your weight loss or fat loss Mm -hmm. goal is rich. Measure yourself regularly. When you eat, get protein, vegetables, maybe intermittent fast, maybe drink some hot water to get the Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. effect. And then the (laughs) exercise is not hard. 15 minutes in the gym and then walk and then at some point, maybe make your walk a bit more inefficient by adding some weight. Is that it? Yeah. Well, it's we've been doing this for a while, and I wish I could go back in time. And I wish when I first started coaching in 1979, I was having my people do this because it's it's so much better for fat loss, and people are happier. The nice thing is you're not exhausted from the workout, so you make better choices on your meals. It is, if I beat, if I beat you to death, if I just beat you down on the workout, Brett, you're going to want to eat stuff that makes you happy. And I want you to eat, you know, chicken thighs and a, a salad and vegetable soup. Well, Dan, John, where can people go to learn more about uh, your work? Yeah. Well, oh, and by the way, I talked to Brian. He's extended that discount to your listeners again. Okay. And make sure if you could put that in the notes, it'd mean a lot to me. Yeah. Well done. And if you put one word, Art of man, make art of man one word, you get this massive discount. And uh, a whole bunch of your listeners used it last time, and we've opened it up again for you. So danjohnuniversity.com, and uh, there's just, I've got, I mean, there's probably... Uh, thousands of pages of downloadable, you know, actually books in some cases, lots of articles, and one of the best forums I've, on the internet. Very good people, very friendly. And also, too, there's a thing on there called the Workout Generator where you can just plug in what equipment you have, how many days a week uh, you want to work out. You press a button, and it gives you your workouts really for the rest of your life. It's, it's 
I just, it's what I wish I would have had when I first went online in 1998. Uh, it's just, it's just as incredible how it takes, it's the inside of my mind, but it's working with what you're telling us you can do. It's just, it's, it's, this to me is, was the promise of the internet. Well, Dan John, thanks for your time. It's always a pleasure. Oh, and I love your site. I love what you do. You make a difference. And that's really, you know, it's the highest praise I can give somebody. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. My guest today was Dan John. He's the author of several books on health and fitness, including Fat Loss Starts on Monday. Make sure to check out his website, danjohnuniversity.com, and use code Art of Man for a discount on his programs. Also, check out our show notes at aom.is slash fat loss. And also check out our website. We've got lots of articles on habit formation. We did a podcast with BJ Fogg. You can check out there. We have some more articles there on fat loss, weight loss, getting healthy in the new year. So check it out, artofmanliness.com. Show notes, aom.is slash fat loss. Well, that wraps up another edition of the AOM Podcast. Make sure to check out our website at artofmanliness.com where you find our podcast archives as well as thousands of articles written over the years about pretty much anything you think of. And if you'd like to enjoy ad-free episodes of the AOM Podcast, you can do so on Stitcher Premium. Head over to stitcherpremium.com, sign up, use code MANLINESS at checkout for a free month trial. Once you're signed up, download the Stitcher app on Android or iOS and you can start enjoying ad-free episodes of the AOM Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate if you take one minute to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps out a lot. If you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who would think we get something out of it. As always, thank you for the continued support. Until next time, it's Brett McKay. Remind you to tell you to listen to one podcast, but put what you've heard into action. <laughs> <laughs>